1: Well greetings and hello, welcome and somehow or another it is not the great Deborah Flora today. But it is friend of Deborah Flora, it is Matt Dunn sitting in here in the studio. I'm the Sunday guy, the backbone radio guy, and from time to time I'm known for showing up during the week and guest hosting a little bit for my friends, my colleagues. And I try to uh, you know, get used to a, a different kind of time slot, actually during the week, during like prime time radio, and honored to do it and share whatever wisdom might or might not pop into my head on if any given weekday. But just by way of introduction, I'm just a suburban guy, a Colorado native, a husband, got four little kiddos. And on Backbone on Sunday, we talk a lot about family life in the Rockies and some of our outdoor adventures on skis and hiking and soccer fields and swimming pools and chasing kids and tending to little, little people with their their squeezes and as they learn to talk and things like that. And once in a while, I do get a little bit political. Just, you know, in a philosophical, gentle, subtle way, unassuming kind of way. (laughs) I do tend to put America first a lot. Well, maybe like always, America first, if I I really wanted to lay it down there. America first is kind of something I'm passionate about. And I thought I would ask a couple of questions here. And I've been puzzling lately a bit over our representative Ken Buck from the 4th District here in Colorado. Been wondering sort of what he has been up to and if he seems to have changed a little bit, if he's maybe a little different than he used to be. And I made a remark over on Twitter saying, gosh, you know, Ken Buck seems to be going on CNN an awful lot and he seems to enjoy very much hanging out with Jake Tapper. Some people call him fake Jake for all of his years and legacy of fake news over there on CNN, which, by the way, just achieved its lowest all-time ratings on the weekend. Last weekend, apparently, in a New York Post story. That's pretty low. I mean, you start out low, and then you get lower lower. It's kind of like starting out low and then tapering off altogether. Seems like what's going on at CNN. But I was making this comment that, gosh, you know, how come Ken Buck likes to be on CNN so much? And maybe he seems to be kind of representing the the viewers, the that handful of viewers. There's maybe is there ten of them? Are they in double digits on viewers? But he seems to be representing the viewers of CNN very well perhaps more than his red district in the state of Colorado. So maybe we should say Ken Buck, representative of CNN, as opposed to Ken Buck, representative of Colorado, fourth CD. But that was before I see this news story, another New York Post story, where apparently Ken Buck is putting out the word that yes, indeed, he is interested in working full-time for CNN or getting a job with CNN. Um, The New York Post says it like this. Ken Buck, age 64, confirmed to the New York Post he's exploring his options and said it would be great to join CNN. (laughs) Huh. And the New York Post leads off this story... Two days ago, the White House's go-to Republican critic of the impeachment inquiry into President Biden is considering leaving Congress for a new job and expressed interest in being an on-air commentator for CNN, the New York Post has learned. And just one more so you get the flavor of it here. Representative Ken Buck, R-Colorado. They say R-Colorado. Shouldn't it be R-CNN? I don't know. Rep. Ken Buck, R-Colorado, a five-term fiscal hawk, has surprised fellow conservatives by repeatedly criticizing the probe launched last week into Biden's alleged corruption, including with a September 15th Washington Post op-ed that other Republicans said included glaring inaccuracies. End quote. So, golly, you know, I said, gosh, it seems like Rep. Ken Buck is awfully comfortable with Jake Tapper at CNN. Seems like what's going on here? It's just something's just feeling. You know, I'm I have very acute and sensitive antennae out there into the political stratosphere, and I sense things and I, I feel vibes and. I like to think I'm very good at that. And sure enough, then it comes out. He's looking for a job at CNN. Oh, well, click. Now it kind of makes sense. I just thought I might throw it out there a little bit. And the phone number, 303-696-1971, should you care to check in, say hello, offer a thought, some additional wisdom, or maybe the only wisdom that might be had in this hour that we get to spend together. But what's going on with uh, Ken Buck? What, what is the story here? And he's all over the place. I mean, you're seeing him on CNN. You're seeing him on MSNBC. Writes an op-ed in the Washington Post. And by the way, in my opinion, these particular media organizations that Ken Buck seems to enjoy associating with are uh, propaganda arms of the government, in my opinion. I, I, I just I don't see them as credible and been watching them for years and watching the round-the-clock noise and hoaxes and propaganda. And generally, I am not impressed with what they have to offer. But, yeah, there's Ken Buck out there fawning stories in Politico and <laughs> all the establishment media. And Ken Buck is supposed to be a notorious swamp drainer. He um, kind of wrote into office and was talking about draining the swamp and things like that. And I even uh, I printed this up. Where did I hide it? That's the uh, Ken Buck wrote a book not all that long ago. I guess 2017 is when this came out. Yeah. You can go over to Amazon. And look at the book that was published on April 11th, 2017. And the title is Drain the Swamp. How Washington Corruption is Worse Than You Think. Hmm. Draining the Swamp. The mantle of draining the swamp. Writing a book about draining the swamp. And that was about six and a half years ago. So anti-swamp, Ken Buck, very anti-swamp, wants to drain it, drain the swamp. But now, 2023, Ken Buck is expressing interest and says it would be, quote, great to work for CNN and hang out with Jake Tapper a little bit more. And I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, this do, do people think this is a good um, evolution is it an evolution? Is it a change? Is it progress? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it indifferent? But I I think it's kind of um, it's kind of illuminating, and kind of makes me ask a follow up question: Is how is it that so many elected officials get elected? You know and Talk to their constituents about what their plans are, what they're going to do, how they're going to drain the swamp, and various kinds of things that the voters actually do want, especially in red districts like CD four right here in Colorado. Let's go drain it, you know. Let's go. Let's go fix Washington D.C. Let's go end the corruption in Washington D.C. But then, um, then they end up sort of becoming different out there? Or what, what, what is it that happens to people? How, how, how does it happen to people? They go in with these good ideas and they end up like wanting a job with CNN or they want to get a job. Apparently, Ken Buck is interested in lobbying Joe Biden to get a job on the FTC commission, according to the Politico article. And, you know, in Ken Buck's Ken Buck's a book about draining the swamp. He doesn't like, you know, backroom deals or things going on behind closed doors or how Republicans and Democrats work together all too well to fleece taxpayers and plunge America deeper into debt. Um, And is that some backdoor lobbying there on uh, maybe trying to get on the the FTC board or commission? I'm not sure uh, what that is. I've got the article sitting here somewhere. But, yeah, Ken Buck is uh, very much uh, opposed to impeaching Joe Biden. Doesn't like that at all. Doesn't doesn't like it. And he's been out there like the favorite. He, he goes on CNN and MSNBC and says the exact right things that the mainstream media wants to hear, that the people on CNN and MSNBC, the exact music to their ears. Right down the line, just, oh kind of you puzzle over this what why how do you ever see democrats do that do you ever see democrat congress people elected officials who go on some more conservative network and say everything that is music to conservative ears or people who so nobly want to cross over and bail out of the democrat uh, policy agenda and praise Republicans are up to that's, you know, on this impeachment business. um, Obviously, Trump was impeached twice. There, they went after him twice, and each one, in my opinion, quite extraordinarily bogus. Right? No evidence, nothing, (laughs) and they just did it. They went for it, and that was all we talked about for a couple years. Remember those years? That was right after the Russia hoax and the Mueller stuff, and that was all we talked about for years. And you know, it drives the narrative, right? It drives the narrative, and. But even before Donald Trump got into office, even before the Washington Post is out there writing articles about how there's a need to impeach Donald Trump, even before he took office, after he won, before he took office, they're talking about, oh, they've got to impeach him. But yet for Republicans to return the favor, shall we say, has taken, what, about three years almost of, you know, McCarthy finally says, okay, let's let's. Let's let's do an impeachment inquiry. And then you get a few Republicans like Ken like, No, we can't do that. No, I don't know. Do you see how it's different, like kind of a discrepancy? How, I don't know, like the swamp has kind of a lot of power over people. Does it ever make you wonder, how does this happen? H- how do people do this? How do people evolve like this? Yeah, I'm going to drain the swamp. A couple years later. I want a job on CNN. Like, that's, is that whiplash? Yeah, kind of seems whiplashy to me. I have a few speculations as to how this happens when people go to Washington, D.C., and how people might change and might have incentives to change, and maybe I'll share those as time goes on here, but what what if I just started saying a hello or two, and David and Thornton, thank you for checking in. David, welcome aboard.
2: Thank you for taking my call. He wants, Ken Buck wants to get on the Cesspool News Network. Does that impress you, David? Well, it just shows me what kind of uh, Cesspool he wants to be in.
1: Hmm. You're not uh, a big fan of CNN, David? Not totally? I would say uh, I never watch it. <laughs> yeah well uh well done if I may say you're I don't think you're missing too much if you want my opinion i i know i I don't think so either
2: you know when you have guys like don Lemon and, and you hear all those people that you know uh, uh, uh the
1: brother of the uh, Oh, Cuomo. You're thinking of Cuomo. They fired Don Lemon a while Chris back, Cuomo. by the way. Chris Cuomo, he's no longer there. You know who else is no longer there is uh, Brian Stelter. Remember Brian Stelter? The, some people said that he resembled a potato in terms of overall physiognomy. But um, yep. apparently CNN's ratings are struggling a great deal without those luminaries, and they were struggling before, even when they had those luminaries, but I don't know. I I just wonder what um, what's going on with Ken Buck. I just you know I'm going to keep an open mind and maybe he's doing this for noble causes and maybe he can go on CNN and he can help drain the swamp. But does that seem possible to you that Ken Buck going on CNN and getting a job there would would help drain the swamp and all now, that? No, he kind of reminds me of uh, Dick Cheney. <laughs> Apparently. Ken Buck is a good friend of Liz Cheney's. Apparently he's also that's a good friend right. of Merrick that's Garland's. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, maybe the Bush family. Yeah, makes you wonder. Well, David, I just I'm gonna chalk you up to being on the not impressed with the evolution of Ken Buck's side, if you don't mind. It sounds like that's pretty uh pretty straightforward. But I'll say, David, thank, thank you for checking in from all the way up in Thornton. All the best to you, and if you would stay close. And um, do I need to take a break, or can I say hello to Aaron? Can could we? Could, we can. Could, let's. I love it when uh, Aaron takes a moment to check in as well. Is this Aaron? Aaron, yeah, welcome.
3: I yeah, what's up, Matt? Hey. No, I think no, Kim Buck has decided to go to the dark side, uh, bend the knee, and and do the bidding for the dumb donkeys. Uh, what is your bidding, my masters? And it's really sad, but it's you know that's why the Republican Party is such a disaster. Um, it's it, it's it's easy to, it's it's just a good example. It's easier said than done. Well, I'm going to go drain the swamp, but no, nah, I'm going to sell my soul to the <laughs> highest bidders in Washington D.C. Uh, that's why the Republican Party are are losers in this state. They're losers in California. They're losers in other states. They had their chance. They blew it. And, and it would take generations, if, if not generations, to maybe get back at least one or two of these seats that they that, that they blew for being so stupid and didn't take a stand. If you said, uh, unlike, see, why, why they hate Trump's cuts, uh, they hate his intestines.
1: Hard but work. It. And it doesn't give you positive headlines in the Washington Post, or the New York Times, and you don't get to go on CNN or MSNBC um, when you're out there draining the swamp. But you do if you don't want to impeach Joe Biden, right? No, if, if you want to become the John McCain like maverick and go against your party and speak what the mainstream media wants to hear, you get a lot of attention, right, Aaron?
3: Well, uh, shoot. Uh, shoot. My- was no maverick. He was a career politician, uh, trying to get up the career politician food chain. He was a he was a rhino, A.K.A. So supposed to be a Republican. I mean, we have we have so-called Republicans trying to get Trump off the ballot here in Colorado, which is insanity. I mean, it. it I mean, the Republican Party, all they do is shoot continually. Where's the where, where's the, where's that machine gun so I can well. continue to just myself over and over and over again that's what the Republican Party does everywhere they're, they're just a bunch of losers and, it, the, and it makes you and wonder the,
1: what's what's going on and you know they try to get Trump off the ballot in Colorado which crazy I, I don't think it's going anywhere it's a it's, no. a, it's a bizarre interpretation it's a of the 14th amendment but you know and the and, state GOP is going uh going after that which I salute them but uh it's it's a democracy right but The people that want democracy don't want to let you be able to vote for Donald Trump in Colorado. Do you see that maybe that doesn't quite connect? Is it a democracy or not? Do the people choose or do the backroom people choose who we are allowed to conceivably potentially vote for? Right, Aaron?
3: Oh, yeah, no question about it, no question <laughs> about it man. And, it, and what's so crazy about it is that when, when Trump was running in 2016, they you know, they thought, oh, it's a clown show. Ah, he ain't going to win. He, he, man, he has a better chance to go to hell than be in that White House. Well, it, Trump proves that you can be a winner, and he is a winner, man. That's
1: it. Well, he's pulling better now yeah. in the 2024 cycle than he ever pulled in 2020 or 2016. And by the me. way, Aaron, while you're here, there is a Washington Post article I just printed out by Aaron Blake, but listen to this. The the establishment is worried, but the the poll, the headline is this: Trump hits new poll highs with black Hispanic voters. What to make of it? Apparently, Donald Trump is a like a magnitude higher than any other Republican candidate for office or even historically with black voters and hispanic voters and golly that that's making the establishment kind of nervous uh, do you do you have any sense that that that's kind of happening aaron
3: man man they've been nervous since that man was was <laughs> running in twenty sixteen and, and, and they've been nervous uh, uh since of course they were nervous when he was running. They they, they <laughs> their minds exploded when he actually won in twenty twenty. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. yeah they, I mean I mean I mean his were exploding, Matt. They were. I mean, <laughs> oh, boom, pop, pop. I mean they were exploding I mean through all the whole country. His were just exploding and me I was just out there, you know, with my dustpan and my broom and just sweeping up the brains and oh god, what what a mess. But that's yeah, what when you're dealing with complete morons and in 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 this country we have so many morons in this country as it is. Absolute morons.
1: Well sometimes you you wonder, you know, if if we have a enough supply there
3: <laughs> we got plenty of supply in this country. <laughs> Co- compared to what was currently sitting in the White House. We got a lot of supply you, you know that
1: well, Aaron, Thank you, uh, you got to stay tuned. I mean, this is going to be quite a ride heading into 2024.
3: Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and man,
1: they're man, nervous. Man, like, man, you're, you're right. Up, man.
3: Buckle up, Buckle yeah, up. Yeah, okay. It's I'm buckled. I'm buckled. Yeah, um, buckled up. It's going to be a fun, fun ride. This is going to be fun.
1: Right on. And, Aaron, we need your voice in here, so stay close with us. So all c- right, keep hey, keep care. on checking in, if you would, sir. Okay, so. Yeah, nope, all okay. right. All the best to you. You too. Thanks for, okay, thanks for being here. And um, are we free floating breaks? Do I uh, should I step out? Okay, right on. Just talking to the great Mr. Arpeo there behind the glass. It's Matt Dunn. I'm in for my good friend, the wonderful, wonderful talk show host, Deborah Flora, here today. And why don't we take a break and be right back? Hey, welcome back to the Deborah Flora program, and Matt Dunn in here pinch hitting. Today normally I'm Sundays four to seven p.m. on Backbone Radio, and uh, Deborah Flora used to be in there on Sundays, and now she has migrated to the weekdays. Where I'm, a, I'm still a Sunday guy. I'm a weekend guy, and practice dentistry by by week, but uh, but not in the office today. I get to come, you know. It's and now for something different. It's kind of different to speak into a microphone than to be, you know, treating my wonderful patients in the dental office. That's a contrast. (laughs) Either way, I probably do talk too much in both occasions. But at any rate, I, I have, again, been just throwing it out there about Ken Buck that we have had a swamp drainer who has evolved during his time in D.C. into wanting a job for CNN. A while back on CNN with Jake Tapper, he was praising Christopher Ray, saying Christopher Ray is doing the best job he can, the FBI director. And a lot of Americans, like the majority, think the FBI is getting mighty corrupt these days after spying on Donald Trump and all of the rest of the malfeasance they have been involved in. But, I mean, is that draining the swamp or is that defending the swamp? And you get over to the matter of spending. And spending is an interesting issue and in that Ken Buck talks a lot about, oh, too much spending. We have to focus on the spending, and we have to restrain the spending, and we have to restrain inflation. And this impeachment stuff is going to be a big distraction. Let's just hear, let's hear Ken Buck say this, and this is actually over on Fox News with the rooster trey gowdy i think we're in very dangerous territory uh, trey and, and one of the reasons we're in dangerous territory is there are a lot of issues that we need to be focused on inflation is out of control we've got high interest rates there's crime and especially in the urban areas our border is a mess and we need to fix that and at a time when we need to pass a spending bill and at a time when we need to have a continuing resolution until we get all of our spending bills appropriations bills done Uh, We're focused on an impeachment inquiry. It is the wrong thing at the wrong time, and I hope that Congress uh, puts its big boy pants on and starts to uh, focus on, on the real issues that Americans care about. Okay, so Congress needs to put its big boy pants on, and that is one of those cliche phrases that always harkens back to Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush always talked about putting your big boy pants on. And I don't know, just you know, as a as a rhetorician, as a verbalizer, that's that's a phrase that uh, strikes me as off. But maybe it's because Jeb Bush was a big fan of it. But you see, the priorities, you know, and you, you bring people on to talk about what the priorities should be, and the priorities should be spending. We got to rein in this. Priorities should be the border, closing the border. But question mark. Um, Merrick Garland, the AG, and the Joe Biden administration, their policy is to have the wide open border. They might mouth a little lip service otherwise that they want to show the, shut the border. Or they'll say that, you know, uh, that's not really happening. We don't have a wide, that's not really. All those videos that Bill Malugin is showing, a lot of them end up on Fox News, uh, of people pouring in by the thousands daily. And so they say, well, that's not really happening, and that's not our policy, and we're going to we're gonna shut it down. It is. It's not. You see, um, but Merrick Garland, the AG, is apparently, according to this Politico article I have right here that came out two days ago, that um, that uh, Ken Buck's a friend of a friend of Merrick Garland, and Merrick Garland came to uh, CD4 Buck's district the other day, and uh, there's Ken Buck getting photos with him, getting pictures with him. Huh. So does Ken Buck really, really care about the border if he's going to be all friendly with the AG who uh, their policy is to keep the border as wide open as possible and get photo IDs for people who are coming into the country? And Merrick Garland is the guy that is trying to arrest and imprison, throw in jail for about 500 years. Donald Trump, the guy who said, hey, let's build a wall. Ken Buck says on his Twitter feed that he wants to build a wall, build a wall. But then, you know, he's also good friends with Merrick Garland and also Liz Cheney. Apparently, uh, Liz Cheney and Ken Buck are good friends, according to this Politico article, you know. um, And they say uh, in the Politico piece, uh, establishment media. And his occasional texts with Liz Cheney are another instance of Buck's willingness to cut against the grain of his party. Uh Uh-huh. And so, um, you see, you get praised in the mainstream media if you're going to cut against the grain of your party, if you're going to be a maverick, if you're going to go against what uh, America First Republicans might want to be for. And do some people like the attention? Do some people like to go in there and get that attention? But in terms of spending, what are we spending a lot of money on right now? Uh, Ukraine? Anyone say Ukraine? Ukraine? It's kind of hard to actually find out how much money we have spent on Ukraine, but you just know that we're sending more more, and more billions all the time, while over in Hawaii, they they get squat. The actual Americans in Hawaii are getting squat after that devastating fire in Lahaina. The money is going to Ukraine, and I've seen estimates that we're at $135 billion to Ukraine. And Zelensky is right here. In Capitol Hill, we're in Denver, but in Capitol Hill, Zelensky is asking for more money. You know, hey, we need more money from you, American taxpayers. And. Mitch McConnell um, wants to spend many, many more billions and basically most of the elected Republicans want to spend many, many more billions, but the majority of the American people don't want to spend more billions on Ukraine and the decisive majority of Republican voters don't want to spend any more money on Ukraine. And this is where it's kind of interesting with Ken Buck is that you read his Twitter feed and you read the articles that he writes in the Washington Post or the profiles of him in Politico or other places. And Ken Buck does not make a priority of talking about the spending on Ukraine. Okay, now, why would he not do that? Now, I've looked at his background and he seems to have voted with skepticism and voted against here and there. More funding for Ukraine, which would be consistent with an anti-spending and reining it in approach. But how come he never like bangs the gong about all this spending in Ukraine? He he just that clip you just heard, where was he saying, hey, we should stop spending on Ukraine? Where 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 was he saying that? Could it actually be kind of safe to build a kind of a brand, to build a kind of a credibility and technically vote against more spending or aid to Ukraine when you know that you're one of the only handful few who will do so, while knowing full well that that spending bill is going to pass, going to get through, and the billions will go to Ukraine, but you can sort of posture against it. I'm not saying that's the case with Ken Buck, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. But my sense is that if Ken Buck was really, really caring and worrying about spending, and, oh my gosh, spending, spending he would have to start making a bigger noise about all this spending on Ukraine. And you'll remember when Donald Trump got into office 2016, we were told by people like Mitch McConnell, we were told by the Republican Party establishment, Paul Ryan, we can't spend money on a border wall. What was it, 2 or $3 billion was the ask? We can't spend money on that. We don't have the money to spend on that. And they tried to tie Trump's hands on the wall, but he doggedly persisted his whole term and got a lot of it built against, of course, the Democrats, against, of course, Jake Tapper, CNN, the mainstream media, and against, yes, the rhino Republicans like Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. So those same people that said there's no way we could spend two or three billion on a wall are out there saying we have to spend a hundred plus billion on Ukraine, on other countries. Concerns. So do you kind of see how the spending thing can be used as a manipulative tool to try to convey some credibility? Like politicians like to convey, well, I'm concerned about spending and we don't want to spend more. But they only bring that up when it is to try to stab in the back or stick a poke in the eye something else. Does that make sense? Like they use it as background credibility while going on offense to get something else that conflicts with establishment desires. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, so, I don't know. I'm a, I'm getting rather skeptical of Ken Buck and his desire to go work for CNN. And I just wonder, how is it that this kind of stuff happens? How do people get elected one way, and then they say they're going to drain the swamp, and then they... Um, end up becoming a part of the swamp, subsumed by the swamp. And I just, I wonder about the mechanics. And before I go to the phones, I just thought maybe there's four reasons or four explanations that might make sense or maybe a mixture of them. One, maybe they've been fake all along. The drain the swamp stuff is just a tool, a device to get yourself elected and get into power. Maybe, But maybe it's like fake all along. Two, and somebody was saying this on Backbone Radio the other night, Maybe um, the deep state has something on Ken Buck. Maybe he's compromised in some way. And I don't know if that's the case, but do they have something on him? So he has to go on CNN and MSNBC and say all the stuff the swamp wants to hear or else, right? I mean, I don't know if that's the case, but that's just potential. You have to ask that question. Three, maybe some people do like the attention. You know, if you buck your party, if you buck your Republican Party and go, you'll get all kinds of attention, again, from CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, the rest of it, or, you know, maybe uh, for get money, get a job. I've had a text to studio or two saying, hey, you know, let follow the money, you know, follow the money. And Ken Buck's out there saying he wants a job. He's looking for a job. And that's very clear in this New York Post article by Stephen Nelson. Ken Buck wants a job. He wants to work for CNN. He wants to get in and please looking for his next gig. So maybe it's one, two, three, four mixture, all of the above. Hmm. That's the power of the swamp, and it's disappointing. Let's say hello to Lewis here in Aurora, and we're a little tightish on time. But Lewis, any thoughts from you today? Yeah. I,
0: listen, we need to just stop with Ukraine and tell Europe it's your battle. You you fork up the the weapons and the money. Enough is enough with us. We need to turn that money back to our country, to the southern border, to people in Hawaii and all that's taking place and just tell because you know what's happening is that now China is is helping Russia and then Iran. It's all about draining us. Us, the American yep. military, the American people, to American taxpayers. And the taxpayer to weaken us so that we no longer be a superpower, but we will be a a victim of China and Iran. Why? Why did we send six billion? I
1: mean, wasn't the uh, uh, prisoner exchange enough? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The Iran prisoner exchange, six billion to Iran. Um, That's yeah. Wow. That's what Biden negotiated and Blinken negotiated. We're, we're really yeah. throwing billions everywhere outside of our borders. And it do these people care about spending? Hmm. Do, the no, ones who don't. claim they do, do they use it as a prop of some kind? I, I wonder. As uh, long as the spending is overseas and not with for us. Yeah. And that seems to me that the vast majority of the American people are sick of that. Just sick of that. The America last people we have on top of this country and to tie it to Ken Buck, why is Ken Buck cozying up to the America lasters on top of the country? Um, It's like um, it's a warped system. There's all kinds of incentive to put America last these days in our political system and to put America first, well they're going to try to throw you in jail for 500 years. You talk about building a wall. They're going to try to throw you in jail. Merrick Garland doing his best to try to throw Trump in jail, but then there's Ken Buck trying to be good friends and getting smiling photos with Merrick Garland up there and Northern Colorado. Hmm. Anyway, wow. Lewis, good points. I think enough to Ukraine, and it's not working. By the way, it's not working. The counteroffensive has been a failure. And if you look at right. uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor, what he's been saying about, it, he's been right all along. But yeah. uh, it's a it's a sinkhole. It's a forever war. But who let you, who gets let enriched Europe, off that deal? Huh?
0: Well, and let Europe take
1: care of the situation. It's right there in front of their face, not ours. Yep. That makes a lot of sense to me. But uh, if you want my opinion, I think we kind of instigated that whole deal in Ukraine when we put in the regime in 2014 and and now here we are. It's it's kind of our deal, but it's located close to Europe. So anyway, well, Louis, I'd keep going if I could, but love your common sense, sir. And thank you for checking in. Honored to have you. And it's Matt Dunn, guest hosting for the wonderful Deborah Flora. And uh, let's take a break. I'll be right back. And here we go, Matt Dunn, final brief segment. Again, a one-hour program. That's about the point where I just kind of get warmed up, and I'm really rolling on the Backbone Radio Sundays, 4 to 7 p.m., but truly honored to be in here. I just think the world of Deborah Flora, her programming, and, I've uh, had many chances when we've done shows together on the weekends over the last many years to get acquainted. And I just love it that she's in here with a prime time show and honored to show up and just, you know, say a little hello here today. And I guess we've kind of made the case. The text messages are flowing in like wild, by the way. Thank you to all I've responded to, as many as I could get a hold of. But the consensus on Ken Buck is um, people are, frankly, kind of disgusted. They are disgusted. And um, I can't say I blame them one little bit. And that's just kind of the deal. Meanwhile, yeah, Trump is scaring the establishment. He's so, getting polling so well with, with minority voters, blacks and Hispanics. Washington Post has a big panic thing on that. He, Trump is up with suburban women, women in general, um, double-digit points over his polling before 2020. Watch this happen, folks. Let's put America first. The left has four years of a Biden disaster to have to run on. What a mess. What a mess. But let's say hello to Jim in Inglewood. Jim, thanks for being here. We're tight on time, but what's on your mind, sir?
2: Oh, yeah, I was just uh, calling in to say, you know, obviously Ken Buck is hes our representative. We actually live south. But I was, you know, my thought was uh, Lauren Boebert needs to move over to the, you know, this side of town or this side of the state. And she could take him on. I think she's going to have a tough time, obviously, in her district with all the stuff going on. And
1: Yeah, her. yeah. They're wanting to investigate Lauren Boebert. But Ken Buck says, no, we can't do an impeachment inquiry on on Joe Biden. They want to investigate Boebert. Yeah,
2: so she, I don't know, what the, you know yeah. what the residency thing is. But, you know, anyway, that was my thought is, you know, she needs to move and take him on instead of living on the western slope. So,
1: yeah, you know, my comment. It, you see when you start... Measuring the courage quotient of different politicians, you have to say that some uh, some talk a lot, some write books about draining the swamp, but then what do they actually do, right? And you have yeah. to wonder, you know, how can you possibly write a book about draining the swamp? And then you're out there hanging out your uh, your shingles saying, I want a job with CNN. I want a, I want a job out there in the mainstream media. Um the leftist Absolutely. establishment, deep state media, it just doesn't. It just doesn't smell right, does it?
2: No, no, definitely not. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's our representative, but I just think, you know, need to find a good candidate, and
1: you know. But we see, see it Lawrence time and the, time again. I Want to
2: see her in the, uh, you know, continue to be in the uh, Congress and. Yep, but the handful of the her, the people you know, her, worried about her, you know, chances on in the district she's in right now. Right, it was like she 500 and some vote
1: victory last time, apparently, right. and uh, yeah, not easy in blue state Colorado in some ways. But you know, when you find some politicians out there, that little handful that are cour- courageous and can stand up and enduringly stand up and exhibit that kind of courage, I think they need to be supported ladies and gentlemen. And Jim, thank you. Thank you for your sentiments here today. And hard to believe an hour has gone by, but I'll be back on Sunday, 4 to 7 p.m. And all the best to Deborah Flora. And wow, Mr. Arpeo behind the glass. Thank you for the hospitality. This is a new time segment for me. And hopefully I I didn't wreck the place, you know. (laughs) At any rate, all the best. Matt Dunn signing off